rocking horse. Shelby 66 gets onto his back, followed by Mars Crusader taking a rails run into the straight, though Nature Strip extends his lead on Eduardo. Two and a half between them, and they're well clear from the rest. Nature Strip at the 250, two lengths in front. The eight-year-old Eduardo's trying his heart out, but Nature Strip wants his piece of history today, and he's got it. Here's the TJ treble for the Sprint King. Nature Strip goes on to beat Eduardo. Kaleli third, and white-up Bellucci Babe. G'day punters, welcome to Tab Everest Week here on Triple J Racing Weekly. Very excited about the racing ahead this weekend and excited to be chatting to my good mate Bryce Parker about the races. How you going there, mate? Good, thanks, Fisherman. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, it's enormous weekend of racing coming up. This is the grand final of uh, of weekends, isn't it? You've got this and, and the Melbourne Cup. They're the two sort of biggest days, so I cannot wait, mate. Um, I had a enormous go at edit last year so i don't have that weight on my shoulders this year um <laughs> but look i've got my eggs in another basket uh but yeah super excited for a massive day mate um i can't wait to hear what you've got as well yeah really looking forward to seeing if we uh land on a couple of the same horses mate or if we're seeing races a bit differently but it's going to be a very competitive weekend of racing there we've got the obviously the tab everest and the kosciuszko for country horses on on saturday at Ramwick and uh the, the headline act of the weekend is probably the caulfield cup down in melbourne or according to uh peter volandis no one will be watching caulfield and only new south wales racing but uh very exciting uh apologies listeners for last weekend's no podcast i made the call on thursday evening that we weren't going to go ahead with it based on uh obviously the track conditions last saturday were pretty disgraceful and um i just thought it was going to be a bit hard for us to tip punters into and into winners and uh also for those who don't know i just purchased a filly with uh triple j racing so had a bit on our hands with her and really excited about her journey and there are still shares available so shoot us a message if you're interested in getting into some ownership and uh want to enjoy the ride with us but uh mate yeah looking forward to this weekend's racing obviously you know lucky the the, the rail goes back in eight meters this week I think um, they got that completely wrong last weekend and uh, I know they tried to hang on for the whole meeting, but what were your thoughts on that last Saturday? Bit silly. As soon as I was saying, you know, just get off the fence. I mean, it, it was a bizarre situation, mate. I, it's one of those things where how do you police it? Um, to what extent, you know, the fence was the spot to be. It was just weird. Um, probably the right call to have them called off in the end, but I think you're right with pulling the podcast, mate, because it was just a messy day in general. If you're going to be telling jockeys to have a mutual agreement to all come off the fence, uh, you should be racing full stop. Oh, absolutely. And I had a I had a slight feeling during the week that they had the rail eight metres, which is basically the crown of the truck, which which meant that lane one was always going to be the, uh, the place to be. And then when we, we were on a heavy 10 straight off the get-go, and I just thought, oh, this could be a bit difficult, and I didn't want to be tipping people into horses that weren't going to be suited and then anyway it was a disaster on saturday but we get back from that we're onto the true rail this week um ramix a heavy eight as of 8 a.m this morning uh rail in the true position as i just said and uh there's a little bit of rain expected tomorrow so that'll certainly play into the horses that we select to, to today and um it'll make a, a big big call on how the races end up how much rain we get tomorrow but uh we're going to kick things off, mate. Obviously, you're, you're keen on one in race one, which is the 1,400-metre Bisley Workwear. Alan, it's a listed race. No tab highway this week, mate. Straight into a listed race, race one. Excited to hear who you think is going to win this one. Yeah, mate. This is this is the best roughy I've ever seen since I've been punting. <laughs> um, I marked Fun Sunday. Look, it was my best bet 
uh, earlier this week. It was supposed to run on Wednesday, and I think it was $13 or $14 in a race that I don't think is any harder than this race. I marked it before the markets went open. I had the favourite in this race, or Zala, around about that $5, and I had fun Sunday, $6, with the 3.5-kilogram weight swing for a length margin. $151. I, I thought tote was was mucking up. I thought the bookies had the wrong price. I could not believe my eyeballs when that opened, mate. And I tell you what, if you go have a look at the fluctuations, it's in the $60. They're just backing it every time I check. $34 for Fun Sunday to run a drum yesterday is outrageous odds. And the, the reason here is, mate, and I spoke to Lloydie about this and told him straight away, he said, I'm keen on Azala. It's got the upside. It, it had the best 800, 600, 400, 200 of the day. And don't get me wrong, that's the horse to beat. Um, and Lloydie said maybe they've missed it because Fun Sunday is still a maiden. But you have a look at its uh, first prep. It was in a group three every single race. So it's obviously just been in the deep end since day dot. Since it's come out this prep, it's run into Lon Rioli, who's $9 in this race. It lost by half a length to Lon Rioli and it gets three kilos off it. <laughs> Lon Rioli's $9, mate. On weights, they've, they've got Fun Sunday completely wrong here. So, and, and I won't harp on for too long, but generally speaking, let's just say a length is, say, a kilo and a half to two kilos. On weights, it should be beating Lon Rioli in this. It only had half a length behind it. It's three kilos. And on weights, I do believe on upside, Orzala has fun Sunday's measure, but on weights, for a length margin, it gets 3.5 kegs off Orzala. They map the same, and it is 151 verse four. So as for me, mate, obviously it's a third of the price now, but it's the best roughie I've ever seen. It wouldn't shock me to be into about $20 race day. Um, the other one I, I do like, mate, and I know you you probably will enjoy this form lines. That match latte form ran super yesterday, and that's uh, a lot more love, which just got pipped by it on the heavy. So I think that's also the right form. Whether the the fun Sunday forms the right lot form line or not, I'm not sure. Um, but Orzala was super, and if you're going to back Orzala, you have to be with Fun Sunday at 150s. Still into sixty dollars, I think the right price for it should be six or seven. I reckon it'll come into fifteen come race day, mate. I'm super keen. Race one, best roughie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, there seems to be a bit of a go on the horse, mate. You sent you sent this uh, Fun Sunday to me yesterday. I think it was 141 dollars, and as you said, 40 a place. Mm. So. Look, bit of money come today. I think a fair bit of that money's yours as well, mate. So hopefully you can get a good result there on Saturday. But uh, I do agree with Lloydy about Orzala. I think there's plenty of upside about the horse. Mm. Um, you mentioned the uh, sectional data there already, and I just thought the the first up or debut run was on a on a heavy track at Canterbury, which I'm happy to forgive any day of the week, no matter who who the horse is. Um, I just yep. don't like that track at all. And then. Um, yeah, she went to Newcastle and the way she won that race, I thought showed um, plenty of arrogance about the win. And I just think she might be ready to go on with it now at 1400 meters again here on a, on a much bigger track. Obviously, J-Mac goes on and I think at the weights and also, uh, you know, probably coming down the middle of the track there, which should be fresh ground and, and probably, I haven't mentioned it previous, um, previously, I forgot to mention it before, before we started doing the form, um, how I see the track playing this week, but I think, 
Um, a little bit off the fence in the straight's going to be the place to be. Probably lanes three to five. And, um, you know, when you got Jay Mack aboard, you know you're going to get the right ride. But in saying that, mate, as you said, um, Orzola beat fun Sunday home. Not not quite, not as convincing as the uh, market would suggest. You know, you're getting $65, still about one and $5 the other. So I can completely see where you're going there with your selection. And um, I think it's going to be and a good so- race. Yep, One going. other thing, sorry, mate, um, is, and, and I, I do believe that the upside is with Orzala. It, it has that more, it, it does have one less run than Fun Sunday had, and it can take that next step. But Fun Sunday was $3 versus Orzala, three bucks. It was, it was, it was almost odds on favorite <laughs> to beat the favorite in this race. And it's $151. And uh, the stable have a good opinion of it. Why would you throw it in a group three for its first four races? So it's obviously got ability. Um, so bear in mind, it's SP $3, now 150 versus uh, five. So I think the bookies have mucked up there. But yeah, Orzala's got the upside. I wouldn't shock me if it beats it. But yeah, it's definitely over the odds fun Sunday. It's a cracking race. Um, hopefully we can keep the day off with with a $34 placing. Absolutely, mate. Very competitive uh, way to kick off the day. Uh, race two, I believe you've got one for us as well, which is the Big Dance Wild Card. It's over 1,600 metres. Basically, the top two, uh, the winner in second place in this race will become eligible for the Big Dance. And then it goes off benchmark rating later on after that. So um, certainly a lot to race for here. Current favourite is Steely at $4.60. Got Kerwin's Lane and Wicklow there at 5 and 7 Solar Apex, a couple of nice horses after that. Um, who do you think is going to win this one? Yeah, cracking race, mate. I've, I've locked in for members 26 is about quality time in the big dance. So I'm that's one of my tickets in there. But how do you knock the second up record of Kerwin's Lane? Doesn't this look a target race? You go have a look second up, mate. Let's have a look. We've won the Hawkesbury Cup, second up last um, run before, won a BM88, second up before that, won a BM88, beating Ellsberg, second up before that, won a BM88. It hasn't lost a second up since it's broke its maiden. So this is looking for six straight second up. And I reckon they've gone, rightio, let's time this just bang on so we can get into the big dance, have it second up. And my man Gibbons aboard from a nice draw, $5. Good luck beating uh, Kerwin's Lane second up. If something can, uh, Solar Apex should be around the mark. Wild Chap loves the slop, but I'm convinced it does love Canterbury as well. Um, And then you've got Dream Runner who's flying and Wicklow's just hasn't had much luck this prep. But, mate, five from five lately on the uh, Kerwin's Lane second up. And uh, don't read into that three out of six that Sportsbet have. It's not true. If you go through and have a look, it's actually shooting for six straight um it it just that's just taken off the right amount of of gaps so yeah i'm really keen on it at five dollars mate i think it'll win i'm actually really keen on kerwin's lane as well mate for a lot of the reasons you said and i don't think this is the only john o'shea runner coming to this race um you know in the in the perfect preparation um there's one runner i'll talk about later in the uh in the tab everest that i think's had the perfect lead up to the race and will run a big race in in that one but um, yeah, second up specialist here, Kerwin's Lane. Absolute ideal draw there in Barrier 5. Um, I did try and find reasons why a couple of these runners lower in the weights could could knock the horse off. But um, how much do we look into weights when the horse is a proven galloper at this level? And I did mention there that the top two become eligible for this race. Well, if Kerwin's Lane gets into the qualifications for this, he's going to be in there no dramas at all with his benchmark rating. So you're spot on about this being a target race by John O'Shea. I think there's enough tempo in the race for Kerwin's Lane with the blinkers on just to park in behind in a perfect spot, do no extra work. The mile at Ramwick's his absolute go. 
Uh, we get two kilograms off from the handicapper. So there's a lot to like about him. And also, um, he'll probably like it a lot better if we do get into that soft track range, which I think will happen. Um, but I think this is his race to lose. I think the the runners that could beat him is if he does things wrong up front and overdoes things and Blesk mm. or, or one down in the weights can can run over the top down the outside. But no, nah, really keen on Kerwin's lane there, mate. So hopefully we can go bang in race two. And the other thing with the weights is how good is Dylan Gibbons riding? He, he just doesn't go a meeting without a winner. I've always, I know I've given him a lot of praise, but this kid's is the next J-Mac. I've said it for a long time. And I think that two kilogram claimer, he rides better than anyone in this field. If I could pick anyone in this field to have on my horse, mate, I'd be having Gibbons regardless of the claim. That's for sure. Oh, his consistency is absolutely exceptional for a young jockey. Mm. And uh, that only reads well moving forward. And I guess, uh, you know, you always mentioned that to me about him being the next J-Mac. Well, what J Mac does is consistently ride, you know, good performances. So Dylan's on the way on that on that same uh, projectile, and we'll, we'll be interesting to see where he gets to. Uh, race four is the twenty six hundred meter, the Star St Ledger Stakes. Uh, Cadre Dinoir is two dollars. Stockman three dollars eighty. We've got Sacramento and Arapaho nine dollars. Cara fifteen, and then out of pretty large odds, the rest. Uh, who do you like here, mate? Well, they're not going to play much in this one, mate, but I do believe with, the, with you know, you could only go up from a one out of 10 steer. So Chalkstream can improve if McAvoy <laughs> gives it some some form of hope. I just believe that seven length margin is unfair. Um, and you would obviously agree with me. We're both on Chalkstream and it's over the odds, but you've got McAvoy sticking. It just depends on the steer. It, with a good steer and if Chalkstream settles, could definitely run a top three. I'm not sure it wins, but it's it's over the odds. I've got the exact same write-up here, mate. People will think we were chatting before the uh, podcast once again, but uh, the key runners in this race for me are Sacramento and Fun Fact. I think they're going to shoot forward and inject a lot of tempo into the race, make it a real staying test, and, and the 2600 will find a few of these out. The other runner is the favourite there, Cadre de Noir, coming from Barrier 10. You know, I don't think Abdullah's going to um, come out slow. I think he's going to have to push forward as well, and there's every chance that he's doing a bit of work early in the run, um, and I think that'll suit the runner you speak of, Chalkstream. Um, obviously, you know, we can take $2 about Cadre de Noir or 21 and 380 Chalkstream, who I think is a dead set stayer. I think 2600 is going to be perfect for him. And um, I guess there's concerns that he might be one run short still. Obviously missed the kick there first up and, and, and jumped out 10 lengths behind the rest of the field and had a bit of a, you'd call it a trial run, I guess. And then the run you're talking about was... Karen McAvoy opted to make a mid-race move and it was, as you said, you know, very bizarre. Made a mid-race move, didn't get to where he wanted to. Absolutely cooked the horse early on a heavy heavy 10, I believe it was. You know, second second up. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching, but um, he's been back to the trials since. Come back out now. Now we're getting large odds in probably what I'd suggest is, is a target race. And uh, he's a proper imported stayer that can do the job. So... I'm happy to have a little bit of money on it, 21 and 380, with, with not much confidence. Um, he's probably due for a good run, so hopefully we can see that. And then if the rain comes, uh, if we get that eight eight or 10 millimetres tomorrow, then Stockman would come right into play. Mm. And I think uh, he's not a bad selection at $4 either. But I'm happy to go around the favourite at this stage uh, in the hope that he doesn't get an easy run from the wide draw. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'll ask you, mate, if if that was a good steer, I know it lost by seven lengths. How close do you reckon Chalkstream actually goes to Dinoir that day? I, I reckon it almost would have beat it. Well, 
that day I backed it to place and it came fourth by a nose, so I'm sure that I would have kept my money there if he, uh, <laughs> if the steer was a bit softer. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure he would have beaten the horse, but I reckon he would have been, you know, within two or three lengths instead of seven. Mm. And uh, yeah. I guess from there, you know, we, we're just taking extra fitness out of that run and also, we're, you know, we're getting 21 and two. So I think Cadre Dinner was a, a very, very good stayer, but um, I think the price is wrong and, and I think he's probably marked a little bit off that. It was just a bizarre ride, you know. I think Karen made a mistake. He probably yeah, it was. he probably knows he made a mistake, and that's the big thing that everyone makes him. So hopefully we get a real yeah. quiet steer here because I don't think there's any need for any mid-race moves over 2,600. Just do your job, and if you're, if you're strongest at the end of the race, you'll get a good finish. All right, mate. This is it. The yeah, Kosciuszko. Race five. Kosciuszko, 1,200 metres. The current favourite is It's Me at $4.80. Far too easy, five dollars. Tyler Schillerod's front page at six dollars. Handle the truth and Art Cato at ten. Anathol for Cody Morgan and Aussie Bloodstock twelve. Uh, Willie Pike rides another one at seventeen. And then we're getting out of some pretty large odds here. Uh, I'd like to ask you first, mate. What are your thoughts in this race? Are you expecting a fast tempo, or you think your runner can run from the win from the rear, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, the tempo should be good. You've got you've got front page is going to shoot forward, um, but look, it might just get it all alone. Um, depends, Rachel, what mood she's in because lately she's liked to really give heat up front. So it depends what she does with the melody. Uh, it, it's a really good race, mate. I I, I can't back edit. It's uh, it's not in the field this year. He's, uh, he's he's in the paddock laughing at me right now. So I've got just just really briefly, it's. It, it's me fit and healthy, I think, is is just almost be winning this race with J-Mac. But obviously, there's the issues in the lead up. Far too easy, put away quite a weak field last start. It's, it's got good upside. You'd, lo- you'd love to see Jimmy Orman get something like this. Thing with front page, mate, it, it's, a, it's a dead set. Uh, it, it's a raffle. You don't know what you're going to get. That first up win wins this race. And then the next two runs, you, you just... It's hit and miss front page. So handle the truth and uh, Anathol, I don't think there's much between them, but one had a super run, handle the truth behind Eduardo and the other Anathol absolutely flew home behind Nature Strip. So there's probably not a whole lot between those two. And then I know, um, and without a doubt, another one, I, I had, I could have made a bet you'd be on it, but look, it's um it, it is the one over the odds, mate. I, I'm just gonna I am with it each way. At, at nineteen dollars, it's dismissed at the moment. I know that front page beat it easily, but it SP'd four dollars that day. Wide draw, it's trialed up super. Just at the odds and consistency of this horse, it loves the track. There's a sense of timing. Uh, it handles the heavy no problem. Barrier one, Willie Pike gets a few options. It's really over the odds, mate. I'm I'm with another one, and I'm I'm without doubt guessing you are as well. Yeah, I am with another one each way. And the reason for that is, um, as you said, I just think the market's completely got it wrong in terms of his ability. And, uh, mm. you know, I think there was a reason why 15 runners in the country championships come off the fence and tried to find the middle of the track. And that's because it was the best ground. And then here comes another one who missed the kick and probably didn't get the start that he wanted in the race. Just flew home up the inside. And he's got that. He can really sustain a long, a long, you know, pretty fast-paced run there to finish races. And he's no doubt a 1,400-meter type, and this is 1,200. So it brings a lot of them other runners back into the race. Um, you, you've nailed what, what I was thinking about front page as well. That's an absolute raffle. And uh, the inconsistency, that's what you don't know with another one. He's very consistent. And I think the stable just know him so well now. He sort of seems to hang around Wagga and then just come to town when the time's right. 
and uh, he's had two two yep. two super trials this time around. Um, Jimmy the Bear was in one of them, who's going really well in Melbourne. I think he's in fantastic order. I know they got the blinkers on and they want to push forward, so I don't see any concerns with Barrier One. I'd love to see Willie Pike sort of second, third defence. Just let him um, have cover all around him. Don't allow him to over race or do anything silly. And then uh, give him his opportunity to sprint him at the end of the race or be their strongest at the race. The faster they go, the better it is for him. And more rain tomorrow would also suit. Um, two other runners to mention. Anathol obviously was quite super in that race at Randwick there behind Nature Strip and Overpass. Uh, yeah. Obviously was never going to win the race, but it was a fantastic finish and lead up for this. Uh, Arcado obviously doesn't have Tommy Berry on, but going really well. Handle the truth. Uh, plenty of runners in this race can run a big race, mate, but... I think you just got to stick loyal to one or find a horse you like. And if they're giving me 20 and $5 about another one, then I'm, I'm going to be on board. I'll tell you what, mate, if we've landed a few winners by now, we've got another one, $151 pop, uh, $23 pop chalk stream. If we're plonking, we are having a big one. Oh, we'll be having a big one. All right, mate. We'll see how we go we in go. the next race. <laughs> which is race six, the general Sydney Stakes, 1,200-meter group three race. It's basically the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the undercard for the Tab Everest. Uh, the favorite is Kementari, $3.70. In the Congo, $6. Apache Chase, 7 We've got Remark, $8. Mate, I, I think this is uh, Kementari's race to lose here. I think he brings the best form into the race. Uh, he finished a length off Lost and Running in Mazu last start, and they're obviously in the in the Everest next, next race. I think the soft conditions suit him. The tempo is going to be on with Apache Chase and uh, Prime Candidate in the race in the Congo and Tri-State coming from wide draws. So I think they've got no option but to go forward, and um, that'll 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 mean Kementari gets his chance from the rear of the field, and I just love the way he's going. So three dollars eighty Kementari in race six for mine. Who did you like here? Yeah, mate, I'm, I completely agree. If we had a dry track, you could throw Apache Chase massive respect because second up last prep, it ran second to Paul Ailey, and we saw how, how good was Paul Ailey on the weekend. So, yeah, it, it, the problem with Apache Chase is it probably doesn't want it wet. I just think Kementari gets through it a little bit. And, and you're spot on, mate. I, I think Kementari has to have shook that tag of not being able to win and being a bit of a bit of a dunce because this is an absolute star of a horse. I mean, it's eight from 44 and it's in it's in group races more often than not. So, yeah, mate, it's got to be the one to beat. That's the right form line. In the Congo, it's just a bit gone, isn't it? I don't know where it's at. You've got J-Mac aboard, but I'm not too sure. Um, Remarks put it all together, but this is a big step up. And um, one I think is going to run a cheeky race, mates. We're known a smart one. And it just not nice run from the draw. Loves a heavy. Um, but yeah, mate, I'm, I do think Kementari's race to lose as well. Yeah, and I think what, what also gives me a bit of confidence about this race was I know that the, the talk from J Mac was, I mean, not J Mac, um, James Cummings all week was, was it going to be Kementari or ingratiating? And if that's the case, well, then. He obviously had a good opinion about Kementari was tracking um, to consider him for that Everest start. So uh, all things aside, you would think he's ready to go here. Um, you know, Remark, as you, as you mentioned, is going really well and ready for a big preparation here. But, you know, it's a big step up and I'm pretty keen to side with Kementari and anything above $3.50 I think is a great bet. Uh, we'll get into the big race now, the big dance, they call it. Uh, the Tab Everest, obviously Nature Strip's our favourite, $2.00. Lost and running is $7.50. Eduardo and Jackano there at $10. 
Mars Crusader 12, Private Eye 15, Mars 17, and then out to some pretty large odds the rest of the field. The barrier draw was very interesting, mate. Obviously, our favourite nature strip comes from the wider straw. Eduardo and Shades of Rose come out eight and nine, and they'll shoot forward. Joyful Fortune will shoot forward from one, and you'd, you'd imagine Rachel King, who's had the uh, had the rocket behind her for a couple of horses the last few weeks, I think she'll push forward on overpass, and she might even be the one that uh, decides this race here. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Who do you think's going to win? <laughs> yeah, mate, and there's, there's nothing... In, in finding the price, but I've actually backed Nature Strip, and and as I've harped on about in a 39 race career, I've never been one to back him just because of SP circumstances. But staying up and watching that UK race, when I sorry, I backed him in the UK, but first time in Australia, I'll be backing him. Staying up and watching that UK race and the ease that he won last run, it's just don't know what what beats it because it, I I think he's going better than ever. J Mac said barrier 12 no problem we don't need to dig him up ease him into the race i think he can sit three wide and beat these he's an absolute superstar and i think he's going better than he ever has been right now he just seems to be settling a lot more if you notice that he's a bit more dynamic he can sit off the speed and, and get the revs going and that last win i'd uh, I, I just don't think eduardo's going to be beating nate strip this time around i just think one uh Nate Strip's going so much better. I know um, you probably alluded to Lost and Running before, and yeah, it's hard to knock Lost and Running. It was enormous first up. Uh, I do think that that's a chance. Um, I Jack, he, Jack and I would have thirty or forty dollars. I just don't. Not for me. If that comes out and wins, uh, I'll, I'll be throwing it enormous respect. But I don't think that that's enough form to be. You've got to remember, Nature Strip's one of the best sprinters in the world. Jacino's come out and gone, wow. You know, it's just beaten in secret by a head with a dashing run. But let's not forget Nature Strip and what it's done. So I'd have Jacino forty dollars. Mars Crusader um, Hawks has declared it's going to win. The last, the last two horses, Mars Crusaders beaten are absolutely gaunsky. Um, they're the last two wins it's had. It's beaten Standout, who hasn't even run a drum since, and it's beaten Amish Boy, who's just off the boil. So, Mask Crusade hasn't won its past eight races. It's never been trip. So, Forks, I'm not sure what planet he's on. Not saying it can't win. It was enormous last year, but just, I don't know. It's a get back run on horse, isn't it? And Private Eye, I'm a massive fan, mate. I'm so glad it's in the field. I don't think it wins, but I'm so glad it's in. It's a great horse. If, if it's really boggy, Marzu can win. So for me, mate, in order, uh, after running through all those, I've got Nature Strip on top. I've got Lost and Running, The Logical Danger. And I think the ones at odds that will give a great sight is Marzu if it's wet. And I do think Private Eye Run may be a top four. Um, the ones under the odds for me, Jacino, should be 30 or 40. And I just couldn't back Mars Crusader with any of my money. What about yourself? I agree with a lot of what you said there. And I think the biggest thing for me this year about this Tab Everest was I think there was a lot of smart slot holders, you know, like we've obviously got Eduardo on Nature Strip. They're going to be in this race. Well, they've been in this race for a couple of years now, but they're dead set genuine pace setters. And we had the likes of, you know, overpass in the race and a couple of other go forward types, Joyful Fortune come in. And then, you know, people are bagging out the slots slot selections of Jack and Owen, Private Eye and ingratiating. Well, what they are are just backmarkers that are hoping that the pace is on here too much that they can come home and get a good mm. finishing position, which gives great prize money. So I think there's been a couple of really um, yep, yep. shrewd selections about the slots this year, and I think it's going to be a great race. But 
for mine, I think there's two dead set bets in this race and maybe three if the track improves into the soft six, seven range. Uh, for me, Nature Strip's going to win the race. Um, as you mentioned already, coming from Barrier 12, I totally agree that he's in career best form. I love the way how he just jumps now and, and can take a sit instead of being that bulldog early and using up all of his gas. And I always saw, saw him as a 1,000-meter yep. horse. But these days, I think he can take a seat. I think J-Mac's got full control of the horse now. And um, the good thing about him is he's got a couple of weeks break off his last run. So a lot of people are like, oh, what about the second-up syndrome and whatnot? He's fresh. He'll be ready to go on Saturday. And um, J-Mac will have to do the right thing the first three or 400 meters. Just sort of let him pull out and, um, you know, watch a couple watch of these inside horses go silly and do silly things and he'll find a slot. And if he can do that, I think he wins the race. If he goes out too hard or doesn't relax or does something out of his uh, recent pattern, then he'll overdo himself and he won't be there at the end of the race. But I think he's going to win and, and anything over $2, I'm happy to be on. Uh, lost and running. I think this is one of the bets of the weekend, mate. My best bet for the day is actually lost and running to run a place. I think everything's fallen into line yeah. for this horse. He's had the perfect preparation since last year. He's come out first up, got caught a little bit wide and finished super. Improved second start to win the race. Comes here third up. He handles a wet track. He's drawn absolutely perfect. Everything's just fallen into place for him. And, and the other thing is, mm. I mean, he's won nine starts out of 16. Other, other three were in really high-quality high, high quality races. So he's a consistent consistent fella, and Hugh Bowman knows the horse well. So there me two bets for the race. Um, if we were going to get a soft six or seven, I'd have a little bit of money on Mars Crusader just to just as a saver bet because I actually think he's going really well as well. And I think his um, recent runs on tracks that probably don't suit him have been super. And I think if this was a good four on Saturday, I'd have him a chance. Um, and I know that mm. I think his barrier really does suit him this time around. Barrier 10, he'll just go to last, come down the middle of the track instead of having an inside draw. But um, he'll need a lot to go right. He might get it. But, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm all over the nature strip and lost and running bus here, and I think they can both run well. Yeah, definitely. And you're spot on about lost and running. I think running a drum, um, uh, back nature strip to win, lost and running to run a place, I can't really think going wrong. And I am then it just runs over the top of this bunch, but – I've thought that the past so many times and it hasn't. It's just one of those ones that, you know, and, and I, I was on the similar train with Edit after it was had that barnstorming run. Get back, you get hooked, you see that massive flashing light run and you go, well, it'll produce that next start and go past them. But in all in all honesty, as I mentioned, it's last two wins were nine starts ago and it's beaten horses that haven't even run a drum since. So just last year it was enormous and it is going well, but it's one of those horses where if you just, if you just keep backing them, you go, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely terrified of Lost and Running here. And the reason is, hmm. you know, he jumps out of the gate, three horses inside him will go back to last. So he doesn't even have to do any work to come over to two or three off the fence, probably two off. And if he's three off, he'll be three wide with cover, no doubt about it. Then he's got about four or five horses outside him that are just going to go forward and shoot. And he's just going to get the perfect seat. So he's the one I'm worried about. But absolutely super race, mate. Um, hmm. You're keen on one in race nine, which is the Five Diamonds Prelude. Uh, the favourite is Ellsberg. We got Ayrton there on the second line of betting. Uh, who do you like here? Yeah, we should get a bit. Of, I mean, I've I've given uh, Kerwin's Lane a really good push in the first. So I mean, speaking, I should be with 
with Ellsberg. But um, look, it, it, I did like the run of Sibark first up. I just thought it was really good. They've, they've backed it big time in the markets here. Um, I don't mind the form. I think it's come back super, but this is just a bit of a spec. Um, I do believe that the favourites have this race all sewn up, but it's 34 in the 19s. And it, it was just behind fine points. So we should get a gauge of that form just before this. Uh, if fine point wins, worth a bit of consideration. Bearing in mind, Subar handles a heavy super. Uh, but yeah, this is a race where it'll be interesting to see what happens between Ayrton and Ellsberg. If they do overdo it, it might just uh, rip home on the inside with Chad Schofield steering. Uh, but that's a small spec, mate. Low confidence. Well, actually, Dave, mind that you mentioned that run of Sabark actually, because... Um... I'm actually really keen on Fine Point, which is actually in the race after. Mm. So Sabark's going to be a fine. Oh, it's a race after. Right, okay. Sabark will be a good watch for us for the race after, but I'm really keen on Fine Point at six six into two twenty. Oh, sorry, seven fifty into six dollars now, and um, two twenty five a place. For the first up run was super draws barrier two here, uh, really well weighted and uh, improving track will, will really suit the horse, but. I think Fine Point's just ready to go now, um, coming into this campaign, and uh, you know I think going to be have the the best best campaign of its career so far based on that first up run. Uh, the ratings are really good, and, yep. and yeah, I'd just love to see it in that soft range. But come the end of the day, we'll wait and see what happens there. We'll head to Caulfield now, mate. Where uh, obviously on Wednesday they had the Caulfield Guineas there. Track absolutely copped it. I uh, I sent a few selections out in the morning with the track rate at a good four soft five, and I was. Uh, Pleasantly surprised to see it getting into the heavy range so fast, but luckily those horses were scratched, so uh, those people that followed me and got their money back. Anyway, the track copped it on Wednesday. I think they've had 25 mil in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours, which is big. It's a heavy 10 at the moment. They're expected a lot of rain, you know, today. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a very testing track on Saturday, and it's going to make things interesting. Obviously, the rail goes from true to six metres, which is good because they got that far off the fence at the end of the day on Saturday as well. Uh, but I think horses will be able to run on on Saturday, and I think it'll be a very interesting meeting. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think the same about the track? I went in thinking soft six as well, mate, and we are on a heavy heavy 10, and um, I was really keen on Aesop, who just... Went like a squid in the heavy in the past. I thought, oh no, how are we on this? So, yeah, it was. I don't think anyone expected it, but um, I, I do think it might be outside lanes. They were coming wide during the day, but J Mac just uh, pants them with the Madame Pomery ride. So you can win from anywhere. Um, it, it's sort of just you'd want to see a bit of a pattern going on if you're going to be looking for better ground, but they might be coming wide. Bloody J Mac winning another big one. He's just too good at the moment. Uh, you've got one for us in race yep. two, mate, which is the Lamaro's Hotel Grand. It's a benchmark 80 race, uh, over 1,700 metres. Short price favourite is Captain Jouar. Uh, St. Bathans is $6. Right, you are 850 Who do you like in this one? Yeah, I'm really keen on Signers Express, mate. If you go have a look at its last run, they backed it off the map and it just never got clear. Like, it was held up, got boxed in just as it was looking for a run and the jockey's not in great form, so with all respect. So we get Coffee aboard, who's two out of four. And um, the last time it ran on a heavy track, mate, it was it was fourth behind Tuvalu, four lengths away. And how good's that form now after Tuvalu winning a group one? Well done to Jared. The, the favourites... The favourite's $2. Oliver, I can't remember the last race Ollie won. I don't think he's in good form at all. I know I've always been against him, but it, it's come out and it's beaten Schultze in a BM64. I mean, come on. 
Schultz wouldn't even be $50 in this. Um, it's hard to beat. I thought it was excellent last start, but it's, it's second behind Picarones, who's, you know, it, it only just a midweek sort of horse. You've got St. Bathens at $6, who ripped home in the cup from nowhere behind No Name Lane. I'd much rather be backing that. Skyhorse and Signers Express. I think the favourite's way too short in this. Uh, Skyhorse is going really well. Uh, it's got good form. It beat Footlights, who's won again since. It loves the heavy. So it's an open race, mate. But that Tuvalu form and that last luckless run, I think Signers Express can give a good sight. And the mayor used to stable. They know how to place them, that's for sure. So $17, mate. We're getting another one with big odds. Plenty of value about the podcast today, listeners. So hopefully uh, we can jag a few winners. Another double-figure horse there for us. Uh, you've got another one for us, race four, which is the uh, Ethereal Stakes. Set weights, penalties, group three for three-year-old fillies. Uh, Foxy Cleopatra is the favorite at $4.20. Mark Zyrides, Moco at $5. Pavitra, $6. Renaissance Women's there about the same price. And then uh, almost double-figure odds the rest of the field. Uh, plenty of tempo on this race, mate. Who do you like? Yeah, no, I've, it depends sort of what conditions are on. I thought Moco was a bit unlucky last start, but I'm really weary of Pavitra here, mate, because even though that 7.5 length loss to Zoo gotcha, how good's the form been from the race? It just keeps popping, popping up. And I think even though that's a big loss, that might be enough to get away with this. Uh, so Jamie Carr jumps off Moco's $5.50 and jumps on to uh, Pavitra. So it's an interesting swap. I'm really intrigued. I trust that Sydney form. Maybe doesn't want it to be bottomless, but um, yeah, I might watch the market there with that one. I think anything behind Zergotcha will go mighty close to taking a race out um, despite the 7.5 length margin. I, I'm not sure if any of these would come within 7.5 lengths of Zergotcha. So I've uh, it's a market watch, but I think Pavitra can run really well. I think there's a couple of ticks in Pavitra's favour here. And the fact of the matter is we're going out to 2,000 metres. And if you go back three starts, you look at her race there at Newcastle over the 1850. She absolutely uh, bolted in over three and a half lengths against the what mm. I would call a reasonable field there. I know it was a maiden, but it was a reasonable field and it wasn't an easy victory. But yeah. we've got three-year-old fillies here, 2,000 metres. And what we could see is a heavy 10. Um, Pavitra's about five or six runs into the preparation. You would suspect a rock-hard fit. Um, obviously, heavy tracks got to be a bit of a concern, but a lot of these other runners, you know, Moco, yeah, I was on board last start as well. Um, wasn't the way I thought the race was going to go. She's got some pretty good ratings on mm. heavy tracks, um, but is she, you know, third up 2,000 metres and we're only getting $5? I'm a little bit concerned, but I'm, I'm probably going to stick with Moco, but you're you're absolutely spot on there. The jockey switch has me sort of second-guessing myself as well, and I've got a lot of work to do on the mm. race, but... Anyway, it's an interesting one, the 2,000 metres for three-year-old fillies. We'll uh, skip all the way through now, mate, to the big one, the the Caulfield Cup. Uh, obviously, over 2,400 metres. I think this is going to be a very interesting um, interesting Caulfield Cup. I think it's going to be a very testing affair, and I think you know a couple of runners from the rear of the field might be running home strongly. The favourite is Smoking Romans, $4.60. Uh, Richie Benno's there at $9. Knight's Order and Allegro on 11 Tommy Berry rides Numerian for Annabelle Nisham, $12. Uh, Non-conformance for Beggy, 13 Gold Trip, would love this not to be a wet track, uh, $14. But Jewess, Inspirational Girl, no compromise. Montefilius, $21. So it's a very, very good addition to the Caulfield Cup, mate. And uh, obviously, we don't really need to say it. There's going to be enough tempo in the race for every horse to get their opportunity. 
It's all going to be about who handles mm. the truck. And do you think that'll be the favourite, Smoking Romans? This I've actually uh, I've taken, funnily enough, two two futures bets on this race, nice and early. And it's Durston who doesn't go, who I specifically backed multiple times when getting off heavy tracks, who was amazing and maximal, who doesn't go an absolute inch on the wet. So both of those, I would happily give you a hundred to one because they're not going to go, they're not going to go the first hundred meters in these conditions. So yeah, my futures are out the window, mate, but no compromise. I'm not going to back it that, geez, that win was good. Barry was held up. It, it had a checkered path and it, it was super to the line. Non-conformist um, is the kind of horse that can take this out. But if I had to pick one, mate, New Miriam, just because of that second to Cascadian, and um, I just believe it's got a sense of timing about it, likes the heavy. Uh, Nisham's just, just a good stable. She knows what she's doing. Smoking Romans is short enough, but obviously flying, weighted nicely. Um, but for me, mate, it's, uh, yeah, both Durston and, and Maximal, it's over, isn't it? They're not going to – they might get scratched, but if they do run, it'll be an ASOP job like on, on Wednesday at Caulfield. So uh, I'm not really going to bet into this, mate. What have you got? Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting affair. And and I was on no compromise, uh, obviously, a fortnight ago, and I was very mm. impressed with the performance. And I know that he's a proper 2,400-metre type, but I'm just sort of learning to go with him again here at the price – uh, from the barrier, it doesn't matter because he's um, certainly adaptable. Can go forward, can go back. It, it doesn't really matter with him. But um, you know, he's about he's fifth run into the campaign here, and he's a proper heavy tracker. Three wins, three placings from nine nine efforts on a heavy track. He's rock hard fit. Yep. He carries fifty three and a half kilos. Um, Knight's orders in the race with a couple of other go forward types. So I think we know that um, no compromise has the ability to be there at the end of the race, and we're getting such good odds. Montefilia. Um, once again, twenty-one and six dollars about her. I would would have been keen on her chances if she gave me a little bit more last start. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, but behind uh, Cascadian and New Mary in there. But in saying that, this has probably been a grand final, and um, you can't question David Payne in the staying ranks. But look, I'm really trying to find the rock hard fit type here, mate, that gets the right run in the race and it's going to be there at the end because I think there's I think there's just so many runners here that aren't suited. You've already mentioned a couple of them, and they're still. The market has to market the horses um, based on their ability and not take into account, I guess, the track pattern as much as other things. So that's where I'm trying to play around. I think this Caulfield Cup's one where you can have a throw a couple of dices there at a few runners that add value. And and I'm looking at no compromise, Montefilia, uh, Numerian, you mentioned at $12. Uh, Benno's the other one. And Smoking Romans, uh, he's obviously one on a heavy track, carries 51 and a half. Jamie Carr, perfect draw. So look, it's going to be a hard one, mate, but I think I'll be having a little bit of little bit of money on no compromise each way, um, hoping that the fitness edge gives us the advantage. Yeah, I, I think I was on it as well, mate. I think we both tipped it. It was it was super run, really good. Oh, it was really good, and if there was no sort of checkered passage there in the straight, I think that no compromise would have won by a couple of lengths, and also. The, the good thing was the horse uh, won running away. So I think he's coming into this um, Caulfield Cup yeah. in an ideal ideal situation. Uh, I'm pretty keen on one in the last, mate, which is the Ned's Munger Stakes, uh, 1,400 metres. I'm pretty keen on Bandersnatch. I thought his run first up was excellent compared to what the market suggested he would do. Um, he trialled pretty well leading into that run under a hold, and he's got a, a very good improvement ratings from first up to second up runs over his career. 
Uh, the heavy truck will be no problem for him. Um, and I just think he draws, at this stage of the day, he might even draw the right part of the track out wide there in 14. So, Jai McNeil's book, which is a very key reading to, very key booking to my eyes for Hawks. Um, obviously, when they put McNeil on their runners down in Melbourne, you're confident they're going to run well. And uh, I think he's really well placed in this field. And $6.50, I almost had him best bet of the day. I think he's a great bet each way, obviously more of the place. But um, did you have anything in that race? I agree completely, mate. I've actually tipped it as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm keen on Bandit Snatch. I think it's the right form. That and uh, Cinewan, I'd like to see Aegon improve. Jeez, it's 40s into 13s. Um, just it goes well over this trip. But, mate, is it old flame for me? It's just one of one of these ones where it's the run no one missed and the bookies just make it short. And they do that all the time with runners. You know, it's um, it was the same thing with, uh, uh, sorry, the the horse that was held up with Bowman. They, they made it nice and short the next few runs. And um, I didn't think old flame went all that well when it got clear. I don't think it. I don't know. Everyone harped about how bad the ride was with car aboard, but I, I, I personally believe once it got into the open, it did nothing. So I'm really shocked that's favourite. I'd be having Bandit Snatch favourite. Um, something like Aegon and Cinewan can take this out at odds. But yeah, that Sydney form should hold up here. And you're right, mate. Bandit Snatch is second up, always improves. Uh, I just don't think Old Flame's going to win. I'm making a lot of bold comments this week, so hopefully it's not egg <laughs> in the face compilation video of everything I've said wrong. I think Jamie Carr is still trying to work out what happened there with Old Flame last start. I just, I was watching that race and I just thought, I thought there was a glitch in the TV. He just seemed to lose a few lengths there in a matter of seconds. And I thought, what the hell yeah. happened? What the hell happened there? But anyway, I, I totally agree. I don't think the horse finished off that well. In saying that, I think the horse can win this race. But um, I'm really keen on Bandersnatch. And I'm hoping that, as I said, I hope the draw is the right part of the track um, come the end of the day on Saturday. That could be. Well, that could be an interesting watch there. Race 10 on a heavy 10 core field. I think we'll get back into the heavy 8-9, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, best bet for me, mate. I've already mentioned it. I think Lost and Running the Place is the best bet of the weekend. $2.40. I think that you won't be getting $2 odds about the horse to place on Saturday. So I've already had that bet. Um, and I'm really confident that, you know, the horse should be running top three in, in my eyes. I just think it had the perfect lead up. Uh, what's your best bet? On Sunday, brother, I put it out $151 for investors bet. Um, the closest I've ever got um, to the lobbying, I think, is is $51 for Sing a Love Song, which went within a head uh, as a best bet. So this would be for the record, but it's already in the 60s, mate. 151.34 to place is my best bet fun Sunday. Best each way. Kerwin's Lane in race number two looks an absolute uh, real good chance with that six out of Six of its last second up runs, it's shooting for to win. And Dylan Gibbons aboard. Good luck. Whatever beats it, beats it. Can I just ask how you've got Kerwin's laying at $6 and two a place as your value bet, but yeah, your best bet's $120 pop. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's already into 60, mate. It's already a third. <laughs> no, you're right. It's going to be an interesting start to the day there on Saturday, mate, with uh, you tipping fun Sunday home. So, um, certainly a great value there for, for listeners. If anyone gets on board, good luck to you. And um, hopefully hopefully it's an emphatic win. Uh, my value bet for the weekend is another one. Um, I just think that he's over the odds in that race. I think he's quite capable. I think that, you know, constantly the bookies just underestimate his his, his wins. And I think that, you know, if, if, if we had a, a horse like him with a different trainer and, uh, you know, even one of them highway horses doing what he did in the country champs and a few other ones, you wouldn't be getting 20 and $5. So I'm happy to be with him again. 
He's as consistent as they mm. come. He handles the wet track. He's got the blinkers on. He's got the wizard from uh, Western Australia, Pikey, aboard. And I think he's worth a crack at the 20 and $5. So good luck to punters on the weekend. I hope everyone has a great, great time. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's a really exciting time for us racing fans. So I hope everyone tips plenty of winners on Saturday. Thanks for joining me, Bryce. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, mate. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll put on a fun Sunday and another one multi to win and place. And if that gets up, mate, I'll, I'll throw the funds to the to the Triple J Racing. Um, I'll put a tenner on. And uh, also just good luck, punters, on the weekend. And uh, shout out to my mate, Mark. I've been doing multis with all year. This is our grand final, so hopefully we can clean up, mate. <laughs> good luck, guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers.